Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be. It is Red River rivalry time. Man, you can feel the tension. You can feel it. Uh, not because it's going to be Oklahoma's most hated rival coming out of that tunnel in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday morning. You can feel the tension. You can literally see it in the air. Because Oklahoma fans don't know which version of their team is going to come out that tunnel to play on the field at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Through the first three weeks of the season, the Sooners very much looked the part of a college football playoff contender. But then once conference play kicked up, Oklahoma over the last two weeks, they've not looked good at all. Forget college football playoff contender. They don't even look like a Big 12 title contender through the first two weeks, and now you've got to play Texas in the biggest game of your regular season, the 118th meeting of the Red River rivalry. And expectations, just to be honest with you, I'm I'm as, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm as crimson and cream as it comes, but expectations are dropping literally by the day. And, you know, if you think about three weeks ago, legitimately three weeks ago, We're talking about Big 12 championship. We're talking about buying tickets in Dallas. We're talking about hotel rooms uh, to go to the game in Arlington. We're talking about all of that. Now, three weeks later, we're just talking about can can Oklahoma become bowl eligible? Now, I don't I don't think I honestly this is not being a homer. This is this is truly how I feel. Clearly, Oklahoma is not as good as the team we saw take the field against UTEP, you know, Kent State, and Nebraska. They're not that good. But on the flip side, I don't think they're as bad as what we saw against Kansas State and certainly TCU. I think somewhere in the middle is where we find this Oklahoma team. And and if that team can be... In the middle of the first three and then the last two games, they have a puncher's chance against Texas on Saturday. But if they can't get back to being in the middle of those two, if they if they if they're if they're going to be like what we saw in Fort Worth, there's zero chance in this game. It's going to get ugly. Texas is what a nine nine and a half point favorite. Yeah, that's going to be quadrupled if they can't figure out how to get back to at least being in the middle of what we saw through the first three weeks and through the second, the last two weeks. I, to me, Oklahoma keeping this game from being a blowout and making it competitive, it comes down to two positions, two key positions for the Sooners that are really going to make or break Oklahoma's day in Dallas at the Texas State Fair. 
The first of those two positions is the quarterback. Dylan Gabriel's thrown for 1,215 yards this season. 1,215 yards. We learned. Look, he's not. We know this, okay? We don't have to keep beating this dead horse. He's not Caleb Williams. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not that guy that we're used to seeing. But he's also not hot garbage. 1,200 yards. We saw the value of Dylan Gabriel when he was suddenly absent from this offensive lineup in Fort Worth on Saturday. So clearly the best option that Oklahoma has, the hands down, the best option Oklahoma has on Saturday is for Dylan Gabriel to play in this game. Now I know that won't there, there's gonna be there's gonna be a portion of the fan base. If Dylan Gabriel goes out there and plays and Oklahoma loses by three, but he he throws for 280 yards, three touchdowns, but the Sooners still lose. There's still going to be a portion of the fan base that's going to be like, oh, what, what could Nick Evers have done? Or what could, what could General Booty have done? There's always going to be a portion of the fan base that's not satisfied. And, and that goes, I mean, you go back in history and there was that portion of the fan base. There are people not happy with Spencer Rattler, maybe rightfully so. People not happy with Caleb Williams. There were people not happy with Jalen Hurts. There were people not happy with with Baker Mayfield. Tyler Murray. I mean, every quarterback, you know, it's the the backup quarterback position is the most popular position on the team. The starting quarterback position is the most highly criticized position on the team. But we can at least say that this offense works better with Dylan Gabriel at the helm than it does with, with, I mean, I mean, we saw Davis Bevel. Surely, there's not going to still be someone out there who says, "Well, Davis Bevel is is probably the better option here." I I think if if Dylan Gabriel, if Dylan Gabriel can't play, and and I I don't mean any disrespect to Davis Bevel at all. I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm sure he's got a warrior's heart. I'm sure all of that's true about him. But what we saw on Saturday in Fort Worth would not give you or I or anybody else confidence that he could lead this team to victory against Texas. We saw what he has. And maybe in time he can develop and get better, but you don't have time. If Oklahoma loses this game, I don't know that this has been talked about enough. Maybe it has because I travel a lot. But if Oklahoma loses this game, it's three in a row, guys. I'm pretty sure you have to go back to 1998 to find the last time Oklahoma lost three games in a row. That, That means that most of the people in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday cheering on the Sooners probably weren't even born. The last time Oklahoma lost three games in a row. So Davis Bevel's not your guy. You don't have time to develop him. We saw it. I will have zero confidence. I, I honestly, in all truthfulness, I'm really, I'm really curious about this uh, Kansas and TCU game. So it's going to be on while Oklahoma Texas is going on. 
all of my heart's going to be in this OU Texas game. But if Davis Bevel comes out there with his offense on the first possession, my interest in TCU in Kansas is going to grow. Because I don't think OU has a shot. And nothing would make me happier than to come back next week and say, dude, I was so wrong about Davis Bevel. I will give him a, 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 I will apologize publicly, privately, whatever I need to do if he can get it done. But I, I don't think he can. So what that means is it really comes down to two other guys if, if Dylan Gabriel can't play. You got Nick Evers, the four-star prospect. He was a you know, four-star guy out of high school. He's got, he seems to have the highest ceiling. Honestly, he seems to have the highest ceiling of anybody in that quarterback room right now, including Dylan Gabriel. Based on what we saw in high school, based on what everyone says about him, but he's young. We saw him in the spring. This game was too fast for him in the spring, but the spring was five months ago. Six months ago. We're in October now. So how much has he developed in the last six months? And then you got General Booty. And General Booty threw for 3,400 yards in junior college last season. General Booty threw for 27 touchdowns in junior college last season. You, you, could, you could say, and I don't think you would be wrong, that the most accomplished quarterback behind Dylan Gabriel is General Booty. You could say, and, and I don't think you'll be wrong, that the quarterback with the most potential is Nick Evers. And so what this comes down to is a situation where you've got potential versus experience. And yes, it's junior college experience. I get that. But wouldn't you say throwing for 3,400 yards in one season of junior college ball, wouldn't you say that is... Probably on a, I mean, it's not, it's not on the prep level, right? So you would have to say that's, that's more accomplished. I I get it. I get it. Nick Evers was a four-star prospect. Nick Evers has never played a competitive down above the prep level. And junior, junior college, it's not, definitely not power five. It's not even FCS, but it's above the prep level. And so to me, this comes down to, would you rather see a guy with a high ceiling but is completely not undeveloped? I mean, he's undeveloped. That's it's the best way to, to describe him at this point. But he's got a high ceiling. Probably got the best arm on the team. Or would you see a guy, rather see a guy who's got some experience above the prep level? For me, I think it's general booty. I, I really do. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to go out there and pull off a shocker. Everyone's giving up on you. And if your guy can't go, if Dylan Gabriel can't go, you, you've got to put yourself in the best position to win. And here's the reason why. This is why it's so important you make this the right call at quarterback. Because the key to beating Texas is to run the football. When Alabama beat Texas, they ran for 161 yards. They averaged 6.7 yards per carry. Texas Tech was just under 150 yards rushing when they beat Texas. And when you look at Oklahoma's current winning streak over Texas, by the way, that's something else that's on the line. It's not just pride that's on the line. It's not just a three-game losing streak this season that's on the line. Oklahoma's won four in a row against Texas. 
But in that winning streak, the Sooners are averaging 238 yards per game on the ground. And you've got Eric Gray. Hopefully he's healthy. You've got Eric Gray who's averaging seven yards a carry this season. You've got Javante Barnes who proved last week he can get those physical tough yards. So you got to run. If you want to beat Texas, you got to run. And here's the deal. I mean, it's incredibly hard to run the football if you don't have a quarterback who's respected in the passing game. If Dylan Gabriel's out there, then Texas has to be balanced on their defensive approach. No, he's not the most accurate quarterback Oklahoma has ever thrown out there against the Longhorns. But he's good enough that you got to respect what he can do with his arm. What other guy gives you that vibe if Dylan Gabriel can't go? Give me the dude that threw for 3,400 yards last year in junior college and had multiple Power 5 scholarship offers after it. Texas is giving up 21.4 points per game this season. OU's got to be above that average. They have to be above that average. If they score less than 21, they're not winning this game. They're giving up 120 yards per game on the ground. Oklahoma's got to be above that. They've got to be well above that. I mean, I, th- I think we saw with, with Texas Tech, almost at 150, that's that's borderline. Th- that, was, that was squeaking out a win in overtime. So I think you got to be 175, 180 or higher on the ground. And you're not doing that. You're not doing that if you don't have a quarterback who's respected in the passing game. That's why this is a critical position. That's why it's a huge decision that Jeff Levy has to play. Play? That has to make. I hope it's Dylan Gabriel. I hope it's a healthy Dylan Gabriel. I I don't... I don't want to see Dylan Gabriel go out there with, with the fog of war, so to speak, it's still hanging over his head, literally. If he's 100%, he's your best option. If he's not 100%, if he's not able to go, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's general booty, but that's a call that I'm thankful I don't have to make. Two key positions, I think, are going to determine the fate of Oklahoma on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. Quarterbacks one. Stay tuned for the next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Oklahoma and Texas in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Two positions that are going to be crucial for Oklahoma's efforts in this game. First is the quarterback. We've established that in the first segment of the podcast. Second is going to be the linebacker position. Which one, Matt? Any of them. Any of the three linebackers, that's going to be your key. Texas comes into this game averaging 36.8 points per game, 417.4 yards per game on, uh, on offense, 263 of those yards are through the air, 154.4 on the ground. And if you're if you're trying to find a way to rebound from back-to-back poor performances, the first thing you have to do is you have to bow up against the run. 
Because I, I after watching TCU last week, after watching Kansas State the week before, Bijan Robinson is licking his chops to get out here and take the shots against Oklahoma's defense. I'm telling you that this guy, there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind that there are many laughs to have by this Texas running back room as they are breaking down film of Oklahoma in preparation for this game. I I mean, look, you. I think I'm not the first person to say this. In fact, I would bet I'm not the first person to say this. You could put the Three Stooges type music behind Oklahoma's defensive effort on the film. I mean, imagine, can you imagine Oklahoma's defensive effort against TCU with the Three Stooges music in the background? You could do that, and it would fit. But the truth is, to rebound and have a chance to win this game, to keep this game from getting out of control, you got to take away the run. Oklahoma has to take away the run. They have to eliminate B. John Robinson. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry. He's giving you 103 yards per game on the ground. And, and if you're Ted Roof, if you're Brent Venables, and you're trying to put together a defensive plan that's not going to look embarrassing like you did last week in Fort Worth, it starts with focusing on the running attack. You got to stop him, and then you got to put pressure on the quarterback. I've talked about this. You've heard other podcasts talk about this. You've seen it on TV. There's a world of difference, world of difference between second and six, second and five, and second and seven. And if Texas is getting four plus yards on first down, they're winning that battle on the field. If Texas is getting three or less, Oklahoma has a shot. You can pin your ears back and come after Quinn Ewers. By the way, we don't know who's playing quarterback for Oklahoma, but we do know who's playing quarterback for Texas. And I don't think Quinn Ewers is the guy who wants to take a lot of shots since he's coming back from an injured shoulder. Now, it's not his throwing shoulder, but still, man, you, you got to get pressure on him. But if B. John Robinson is gashing you four, five, six yards a, a carry, you're not going to get pressure on Quinn Ewers. Because second and mid... You can't come after him just all, all out. And, and this shouldn't be a game like we've seen the last two weeks where Oklahoma needs to like have a spy. Like, and it's not like that's not like act like the spy worked anyway, right? The spy didn't keep Taylor Martinez from running for 55 yards on third and 19 or third and 16 or whatever it was. The spy didn't keep Max Duggan from having a, a career day. So, I mean, let's, let's not pretend like the spy has been really working well for Oklahoma. But you wouldn't think that this is a game where that needs to happen. I mean, on the season, Quinn Ewers has one rush for negative nine yards. Most likely it's a sack. I didn't really care enough to look up exactly what that play is. But he's got one rushing attempt for negative nine yards. Quinn Ewers is not going to be what Max Dugan was. Quinn Ewers is not going to be what Adrian Martinez was. And if he is, <laughs> if he is, guys, I mean, it's over, right? I think everybody would agree it's over if, if Quinn Ewers has that kind of day against this Oklahoma defense. You shouldn't need a spy, which means you should be able to get the four down linemen like we saw in the first three games of the season. But the linebackers are going to be crucial. They're going to be absolutely crucial in this game. 
they're going to have to shed the blocks. I mean, Texas wants to get guys, their offensive linemen, into the second level. But they're going to have to shed blocks. They're going to have to be gap, gap sound. When, when, you're, when you're playing a guy like Bijan Robinson, and, and I, I got nothing but respect for Bijan. I hated that he's a Longhorn. I got nothing but respect for him. But here's the thing. Typically, a guy like Bijan, the first defender doesn't bring him down. And there's going to be a lot of linebackers for Oklahoma who are going to be the first guy to touch B. John Robinson. And you got to be gap sound because if you hit your gap and you stop him, slow him down, hang on to him for the next guy to come and help clean it up, then you're you're doing your job. But to do that, you got to shed blocks when the linemen get, you know, they're pulling or getting into that second level. You got to you got to do your job. You got to shed that block and you got to be gap sound. And then you got to make the tackles. You got to make the tackles. That I, that's one of the biggest concerns that I've that I've seen out of Oklahoma the last two weeks is just how many missed tackles are suddenly there. Do you remember against UTEP that, that you would see a pass completed, but you would see a form tackle, and there was no yards after contact. You, you may get a a running back who meets you in the gap. But there's no yards after contact because of the the sound tackle. The technique was there. Somehow it's disappeared. And Bijan's not an easy guy to tackle. We just talked about that. You Oklahoma, these linebackers have to make tackles. And then they gotta like not blow it on passing downs. If you're blitzing, you gotta get to the guy. You gotta get to Quinn Ewers. If Oklahoma's blitzing a linebacker, he's got to get home. And then if you're going in pass coverage, Deshaun White, man, you can't blow it. Because here's, man, Texas Texas has a tight end that scares the crud out of me. And they're going to be chomping at the bit to try to get that guy matched up against Deshaun White. Bijan Robinson is a great running back. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield, much like Eric Gray can. They're going to be looking for opportunities to get Eric Gray, Eric Gray, Bijan Robinson, and Deshaun White on coverage. David Guaybu has 44 tackles on the season. Danny Stetsman has 42 tackles on the season. That's a combined 86 tackles between two of the three linebackers. That's how important these guys are. That's number one and number two on the team. That's how important they are. And when the linebackers are on, this this defense works. But one of the things that's happened since conference play started, and Oklahoma hasn't been able to adjust and come back and counter this, Kansas State started attacking Oklahoma's linebackers. TCU went and started attacking Oklahoma's linebackers. And I've not yet seen a response to that. I've not seen them. Well, you've not seen. We've not seen a response to this to, to, to change that. I think adding a four man, a fourth man back on your defensive front is a good step in making that happen. But it's no doubt, no doubt that these linebackers are going to be called upon on Saturday. And if they're absent, if they're absent, like they were in Fort Worth last week, if they're absent, like they were on critical moments of the Kansas state game, then the way we think we feel like this game may go, it's probably going to go that way. 
But if they're there, they're making the plays in the gap. They're making the plays in coverage. They're making the plays on the blitzing downs. Then Oklahoma, again, has a puncher's chance in this game. We talked about getting back to mid. We talked in the first segment that Oklahoma not being what they were through the first three weeks, but also not being what we've seen in the last two weeks. Somewhere in between there is where Oklahoma has a puncher's chance in this game. Offensively, your quarterback play has to get you there. Defensively, your linebacker play has to get you there. Because a a defensive secondary can become a lot better when the quarterback doesn't have time to throw. And a defense that has given up what seems to be infinity number of yards to running backs and quarterbacks can get a lot better when a linebacker is not only gap sound, but he's leading and making the tackles. That's where Oklahoma has to be. I've got a couple of keys to success for Oklahoma in this game. Uh, they're the underdog for a reason. How can they How can they find success against Texas? We've got that. We've also got the Big 12 rundown. Uh, I'm traveling. There's no, no true or false this week, but um, we'll, we'll get that back soon. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. All right, Oklahoma clearly an underdog against Texas and for all of the right reasons. But does that mean that they're uh, automatic to lose this game? I don't think it does. I mean, let's not forget. Let's not forget two things. Number one, John Blake beat Texas. Number two, Charlie Strong beat Oklahoma. So just because one team seems to be superior than the other, doesn't mean anything's a given in this game. And let's also not pretend like Texas is a is a like a great squad. All right, this isn't two thousand and nine. This isn't two thousand and five. And this is an okay Texas team. They're they're okay. They're not great. They're not pathetic. I think they're better than last year. But they're okay. I think the lack of confidence clearly. In this game, if you're an Oklahoma fan, Sooner Nation is experiencing a lack of confidence, having it more to do with what Oklahoma hasn't shown over the last two weeks than what it is that Texas is capable of doing. I don't know that this Texas team is exponentially better offensively than what they were last year. Xavier Worthy is still a guy that can get downfield on you and make a great catch, even if it's contested. Bijan Robinson still the best running back in the in, in the in the Big Twelve in, in terms of NFL potential. Offensive line isn't great. You got a you got a quarterback who's playing in his first Red River rivalry game. By the way, I'm getting better at saying that Red River rivalry. I, I miss the Red River shootout. I really do. Uh, but whatever, um, I digress. The point is, this is not a fantastically awesome Texas football team. They're an okay Texas football team. They were hanging their hat on a narrow loss to Alabama. And and yeah, you, you, can, you can claim a moral victory there when you're playing one of the top three teams in the country and, and they nick you by a last second field goal. You can hang your hat on that. But then there's the Texas Tech loss. And when when you lose that game, I think it takes some of the luster off of that Alabama loss. 
suddenly that Alabama loss isn't impressive anymore because you dropped a game at Texas Tech. You've proven that you're vulnerable. And this is a vulnerable team that Oklahoma will have a chance. But I think there's there's three keys offensively. There's three keys defensively. And then there's one key that's going to make it all come together. I think offensively, you've got to run the football. We, we established that in the first segment of this podcast. You just got to run the football. Whether it's Eric Gray, whether it's Javante Barnes, Tay Wee Walker, I don't care who it is. They've got to have success. They've got to. And if Oklahoma's not having success running the football, they're not going to have success on the school board. I gave you all the stats of why it's important that Oklahoma run the ball and run the ball successfully. But then you got to play clean. This... False start nonsense, the holding calls, all that's got to stop. Oklahoma has gone from being the favorite to being the underdog. And again, it's justified. This is a team that has looked lazy at times, that has looked out of place at times, that has looked confused at times, and that's just getting beat physically at times. And, and this is no slouch as far as the defensive fronts go. This is going to be like much to what Kansas State did defensively. This, this, these five guys for Oklahoma on that offensive line, they're in for a fight. They will be fighting all afternoon. And you got to hold your water. you got to play clean. You already have your back against the wall. You need every break to come your way. So the last thing you want to do is is give a false start penalty and turn a third and one into a third and six. The last thing you want to do is, is, is get rung up for a holding and turn a first down 14-yard pass into a second down and a first down and 20. Take it the other way. You got to run the ball, you got to play clean. It's time to get there's no excuses. There's no excuses, no one yelling boomer. There's no one saying, hey, you know, continuity. This, this is game number six. If you're not ready by game number six, you're probably not going to get ready. Run the ball, play clean, and then you got to go vertical in the passing game. One thing that's been overlooked, and maybe it's overlooked on my part because I've, I have been a, um, an apologist for Dylan Gabriel just because I like the kid. I do see him as the best option for Oklahoma at quarterback at this moment. I don't think he's as bad as what everybody makes him out to be. But he's missed some shots down the field. He missed shots against Kansas State. Drake Stoops, right? He missed shots at TCU. He's missed shots in every single game. But whether it's Dylan Gabriel or Davis Bevel or Nick Evers or General Booty, whoever's out there playing quarterback for Oklahoma, they got they've got to go vertical. You got to stretch this Texas defense because if you can't stretch them, then you're not going to be able to run the football because they're going to stay home and stack. And one thing that Jeff Lubby has done is he's gotten receivers open downfield. They've just not really always connected on them. Now, they've connected a few times. I mean, you got the long touchdown. The first thing that comes to mind, the long touchdown to Marvin Mims against Kansas State. 
I think it's the one that tied the game at 14. So there's been times where it's been there and it's worked. It just feels like there's been more times where it's been there and it hasn't worked. Run the ball, play clean, go vertical, and I think you're going to be in position to punch your way out of this game. On the defensive side of the ball, it's the exact same as what we talked about with the quarterback position. You got to stop the run. We've already talked about it. We've talked about it in segment number two. If you need to, if you need to go back and re-listen, that's okay with me. But segment number two, we talked about it. you got to stop, you got to take Roshan Johnson, B. John Robinson, you got to remove him from the equation. Quinn Ewers seems to be a pretty talented quarterback. But make him beat you under duress. Make him beat you with Ethan Downs barreling down on him. Huh. Kind of Ethan Downs barreling down. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let that. We'll let that go. Make him, make him beat you with Reggie Grimes closing in. Jalen Redmond. Make him beat you under duress. And the only way you're going to do that is if you take away the running game. So you take away the running game, you pressure the quarterback, and then don't constantly give up the big plays. Four times last week against TCU. Four times, gang. Four times TCU had a scoring play of 62 yards or greater. That's what it looks like to constantly give up the big play. Can't do that. I don't I don't have the um the the notion um I, I don't have the, the crimson and cream glasses set to the tune where I where I feel like T- Texas is not gonna get a big play in this game. It seems to happen for both teams every every year. Just don't do it multiple times. Just don't do it every quarter. Just don't do it every other offensive possession for the Longhorns. Don't consistently give up the big play. If you give up one, okay, let it go. Don't give up another. And we saw something last week with this with this defense. That's kind of it's a staple in the game of football. Where I think Kansas State beat Oklahoma twice. They were still hung over from the beating that they took against Kansas State. And then in doing so, Texas Christians' big plays beat them twice. You give up a big play. You're so determined not to let it happen again that you actually let it happen again because you can't focus on the little things. You just can't. You just can't keep going that route. Now, here's the one key. Here's the one key. That makes it all work. Both sides of the ball. They've got to be the most physical team on the field. They've got to be. We we have seen Oklahoma take it to the chops two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, Kansas State came out and just punched Oklahoma in the mouth. TCU came out and just punched Oklahoma in the mouth. Two weeks in a row. Oklahoma has to be the most physical team. They have to show some fight. And if you can't, I mean, if you can't show the fight, if you can't show the physicality that is required to win games at this level, it doesn't matter what your offensive and defensive keys to success are because you're not going to attain those. 
you got to show some fight. I mean, this is this is it. This is the team that you hate. This is the team that hates you. No bones about it. You got to show the fight. And if you can't do that, then everything else we've talked about for the last 40 minutes means nothing. So there you have it. Let's go through the Big 12 rundown, and I'm going to give you my official Oklahoma-Texas score prediction, and we'll cut it out of here. All right, four games of Big 12 action on Saturday. I already alluded earlier in the podcast to the TCU-Kansas game. Uh, This is getting crazy with the Kansas Jayhawks. TCU comes into Lawrence as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. College game day is going to be there, number 17 versus number 19. By the way, four games. (laughs) Four games in the Big 12 this weekend. Three of the four games featured ranked top 25 programs. The only game that doesn't feature ranked teams is Oklahoma, Texas. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, TCU, six and a half point favorites. The over under this game, 69. Um, like, I think this is this moment is going to be too big for Kansas. Here, here's how I see this game shaking out I think TCU probably gets out to a pretty big early league, 17, 20 points, something like that. Kansas kind of gathers itself and comes fighting back, but it's too little, too late type situation. I just think the moment's going to be too big. Kudos to Kansas, okay? They're going to go to a bowl game. I, I, I think that's that's happening. I don't think there's anything that anybody can do to stop it. But the momentum that this team is riding right now, sometimes the momentum can get too big for you. And I think this is probably the breaking point for the Jayhawks. I think TCU wins, and they win a game that's going to be close at the end, probably by like a field goal, four points, somewhere around there. Like I said, I think Kansas comes storming back, but it's too little too late. So TCU gets out of Lawrence with a win, but it won't be by the six and a half points. And I would definitely take the over here. I think you're going to be probably looking at 71 to 73 points scored in this game. So give me give me TCU with the win. Kansas to cover six and a half, and then this game to go over. Uh, Kansas State, Iowa State, the Wildcats, two point favorites over Iowa State in Ames. I'm calling upset city here. This is the upset six six thirty kickoff. Uh, I, I look. I I um I I think this is it for Iowa. Iowa State finally puts it all together. I don't know it's it's going to be the same situation where at Kansas where they come storming back. I think this is a game that kind of is a is a slugfest throughout. This is a rivalry game. It's in Ames. I think the Cyclones finally get it done. Kansas State comes in as a top 25 program, but I don't think they leave as a top 25 program. Give me Iowa State with the upset. Uh, over-under is 45. Let's take the over on that as well. Uh, I got Iowa State win this game straight up, which means Kansas State would not cover the two. Um, and then let's go with uh, the two thirty game: Texas, Oklahoma State. Excuse me, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Two thirty kickoff in Stillwater. The Cowboys are in a nine and a half point favorites. Over under here sixty eight and a half. I think Oklahoma State wins this game pretty comfortably. I think it's going to be a reverse order from the TCU Kansas game. I think it's uh, we've seen this pattern with Oklahoma State, and I think it it continues to to roll throughout uh, throughout 
this next game as well. I, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see uh, a, a tight first half. And then you're going to see Oklahoma State get a break on special teams or a long offensive play. Somewhere, something along the way is going to happen. And uh, the Cowboys are going to pull out to a comfortable win. I would take Oklahoma State and the 9.5 points. I would take the over at 68.5. I think Cowboys Cowboys remain undefeated and, and remain in a deadlock with TCU uh, at top of the Big 12 Conference after this game. So here we go. Here's the big one. Oklahoma, Texas, ABC, 11 a.m. kickoff. ESPN matchup predictor has the Longhorns with a 68.3% chance to win this game. Nine-point favorite, 65.5 is your over-under. Moment of truth here, guys. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I will I will be cheering as hard as I can cheer to be wrong on this. But at the end of the day, I think Texas wins, and I think they walk it off with a field goal. I mean, I don't think I don't think Texas beats Oklahoma by nine. I really don't. That that's not the that's not the Sooner fan of me just talking. That's me looking at this game, thinking about what Oklahoma can do, making some defensive adjustments where you don't have to spy, going back to maybe a four man front. I think they can I think Oklahoma is competitive in this game. And as much as I hate to say it, as much as I hate to say it as an Oklahoma fan, I think you walk out of the cotton ball feeling okay. Knowing your backs were against the wall, but knowing you had a shot. This is gonna be that remember I talked about the the frustrating loss, right? There's the frustrating loss and the demoralizing loss. Kansas State was a frustrating loss because you could go back and you could look at a handful of plays. That could have changed the game one way or the other. And then the demoralizing loss was TCU, where you just came out, you shot yourself in the foot, uh, you didn't have enough ammo, you couldn't go toe-to-toe with, with the Frogs. They, they came out and they out-physicaled you, they outsmarted you, they, out, they, out, they were faster than you. I don't think this teeters towards the demoralizing loss. I think you go back and you think, okay, well, they lost... But they looked better in the loss than last week. And I hate that. I hate it. I hate it that that's where we are. But I think I've got this game like 31-30 Texas with the Longhorns walking it off. And then you you regroup and you get ready for the next round. But um, but that's where I am. And here's the thing, though. I, w- I will say this. As you're cussing me out and getting mad at me for picking against the Sooners, I will say this, if it goes this way, if it goes down this way, the way I think it's going to go, 31-30, that means Oklahoma really has a chance. They'll be in this to the end. And when you have a game like that, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So let's let's see what happens. Let, let's go out and let's make it happen. Let's come back and force me to say next week how wrong I was about this. All right, that's it. You can find us on the interwebs, heartland-sports.com. You can find us on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Let me know how crazy you think I am with that score prediction. Let me know uh, your thoughts pre-game, post-game. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Sooner Nation podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everybody. Boomer Sooner. Bye.